I'm raising them for God. I'm not raising them for me. So they don't need to turn out like me. Yeah. We need to talk openly about how we're all working toward this new relationship, mm-hmm. which is what we did. I don't just need to feel better. I need the truth. And ultimately, that will make me better. I just want to make it as simple as possible for ladies to see that the Bible is really applicable to their everyday life. When they understand theology, the application flows out of it quickly with joy. It is a journey, but even the journey itself is joyful when I'm doing it, holding the hand of my Savior and trusting Him all along the way. This is the Joyful Journey Podcast, a podcast to inspire and equip women to passionately pursue beautiful biblical truth on their journey as women of God. When you choose truth, you're choosing joy. Okay, welcome back, each of you. This is Janet, and I'm here once again with Jocelyn. Hi there. And today we're going to dive into a topic that is practical and at least very relevant to my life in this season. I'm learning how to transition to life with adult children. And while it's wonderful, it's got its challenges. So today we're going to talk about that. Jocelyn, I know you're not quite there yet, but with one in college and one soon to graduate, you're headed that direction. What are some questions or thoughts you have about entering this new chapter? Oh, you know, not much. I'd like to know everything <laughs> oh, is that so all? I don't make mistakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you won't make any. I hope. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I feel like I'm finally authorized to give birth to my children now that I, they're almost raised and I know what I'm doing. I told them that the other day. They were like, oh, mom, you are just so strange. <laughs> I would love to transition into the adult years making way less mistakes than I did when I was a new mom. I feel like I was not a great new mom. <laughs> I'd also like to know how to guide them through college without taking over because I tend to. No way. How to encourage their friendships with other believers without worrying so much because I tend to. <laughs> how to help them both get married and buy a house and ease into their careers and, you know, not get fired from their jobs or pass their exams with flying colors, <laughs> get scholarships, end up with grandchildren who adore us and want to spend time with us. You know, nothing too important. Just... Tiny pointers. <laughs> Absolutely. I see. Just a little touch up there. If, if nothing else, I hope our listeners are encouraged that you're saying you felt like you were a horrible new mom and you're just now getting to where yeah. you think you should have children. And they're just about raised and they love Jesus. They do. Isn't that it's awesome? Shocking. It's a shocking big God. that something so great could come out of our hor- horrible <laughs> efforts. We serve a big God. Uh, we do. Well, I'm going to share with you how to not make any mistakes. The problem with that <laughs> is that my daughter's producing this and she knows better. So I guess I can't quite we go there. We should have given her a mic today. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I didn't get a third mic out today. <laughs> so what I thought actually would be helpful is let's just first think theologically. Then I thought after doing that, I kind of wanted to talk to the parent and the adult child in some specific ways. So theologically, what's actually going on here? Well, as parents, we've been tasked with the great privilege and responsibility of bringing up our beautiful children in the knowledge and discipline of the Lord. And that has taken up a lot of our brain space. Yes, a lot. For a lot of years. Yeah. So we're not here to talk about parenting, but we do have a three-part series on that, which could encourage you, and we'll link that in the show notes. But for today, the relevance is, how do I transition out of that role 
when I've been doing that for so long. I really can't wait to hear your thoughts on this because I remember when you were starting to transition <laughs> out of this and Pastor Oakwin Wente said in sermon, I didn't realize there was going to be so much crying this year of Josh's <laughs> senior year of high school. And it I was can't, I can't mostly wait, me. I can't wait to hear all the wisdom that you've gained in the last whatever that is, five years, four years. And all the water I had to drink since I was dehydrated <laughs> from crying, but that's okay. So as I'm transitioning out of that, what are now my responsibilities for my adult children? Mm. What's my new role? Because there is one. Mm -hmm. So after that, we'll start tackling some of the complexities of that. But let's just start acknowledging it does change. Actually, I think that's an important thing because for some parents, they don't change. Mm -hmm. And And I think that's what makes it complicated. If you don't know that it's supposed to be different, well, you're just going to keep on trying to do the same thing and it's going to be irritating and and troublesome. Yes, yes. And both sides before the transition really ought to be preparing Mm -hmm. for it. So in general, the relationship is going to continue to be rooted in love, but now it is not grounded in authority, Mm -hmm. which is a big change. When my children headed to college, as you've just mentioned, Mm -hmm. that was a big change for me. We homeschooled until 11th grade. And we spent a lot of time together. I had poured into guiding and advising them. And that was good and right. That Mm -hmm. was my job. But I didn't make that transition easily. I mean, I mean, (laughs) if you think about it, I have so many helpful ideas. (laughs) And if only they would listen to me. All of them. Yes. Well, they're all good. And if they would listen to me, they wouldn't experience hard things. Mm -hmm. And I read about the concept, now that your kids are grown, you get to become their cheerleader. And I thought, oh, I love that idea. But that did not come naturally Mm. to me. Um, And it still doesn't. I'll give you examples of that later. Stop smiling, my daughter. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. You may have to turn and face away. (laughs) Now I need to be thinking about how to love an adult and encourage their growth, just as I would anyone I love. For some... It means you focus on the fact that they're now your brother and sister in Christ and not also your child that you have authority over. Right. Then I can read the one another's in scripture and I can see how that should look with my adult believing children. If they're not believers, either the adult child or the parent, it's still going to be a relationship of love and influence. It's just not one of authority. Yeah. Now, there is a uniqueness. I just said that they're like a brother and sister in Christ, but there are some uniquenesses to that. For example, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. So clearly someone had a responsibility for their immediate family that was more than brother or sister in Christ. Uh, Mark 7.11 says, but you say that if a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might have otherwise received from me is Corbin, that is, a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And you do many things like that. So Jesus is telling them, you now actually have a tradition that you've made law to tell an adult child how they can keep their stuff and not take care of their parents. Mm. And that that's wrong. So there is responsibility in adulthood towards your parents. That's right. Yeah. 1 Timothy 5.3 says, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these children or grandchildren should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. So when children are younger, their parents are responsible to provide for them. Mm -hmm. When they're adults, 
they're, they are to ensure that their parents are provided for. So that distinction remains. Mm-hmm. So we can acknowledge that there is an additional way that parents and children do have a responsibility for each other. And a lot of that is who is going to take care of who. That's who, right. God designed relationships so that people are cared for. And this is a special mm-hmm. caring right. relationship. Yes. But in general, the relationship between parents and their adult children is designed to be one of mutual now mm-hmm. encouragement and love, not authority and submission or control and obedience. Which I actually think is really fun. As my older daughter is getting into college, it's fun to be her friend. Yes. Because I'm not feeling so stressed out about like, you know, I have so many problems that I need to address and all the parenting kind of stuff. Like, it's so cool. You get to enjoy the fruit of all that labor. Like, I like hanging out with her. She's pretty cool. She yes. likes to do fun things. And we have great convers. Like, grown-up conversations are the best. I love yes. them. I just got to spend a weekend recently with my daughter as we worked together for a booth for our church. And it was, it was so much fun until there's a, which didn't happen at the conference, but until there's this moment when they might do something you don't think's best. Yeah. Uh Oh, and then what do you do? How do you handle it? How do I not go back to mama mode? Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll be talking about. When I was preparing for this, I was greatly helped by a booklet that Wayne Mack wrote called in-laws. I know this is not about married children specifically, but the principles Mm -hmm. were the same. Basically, as you're getting married and leaving, what does that look like? And listen to how he describes his relationship with his adult son. I just loved how he said this. Our youngest son was a pastor in the United States for a number of years and is now a pastor missionary in South Africa along with us. In both places, we spend much time with him and his family and share in Christian ministry. Often, when he has a big decision to make, he and his wife will come to us and ask for our counsel. And in most cases, when we have major decisions to make, we turn to him and our other children for input and insight. We ask him and his wife to pray for us and seek their wisdom as we make decisions. We respect him greatly, and we've received much benefit from him as he presents to us various principles found in God's word. When we're wrestling with an issue, after my wife and I have discussed and prayed about it, we turn to our son and his wife for their counsel, instruction, and even correction. We relate to each other as peers because now he's no longer under our authority. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah, very and I'm beautiful. like, I want that. Mm-hmm. I want that. But there are challenges to getting there. I mean, I want to talk specifically to the parents first, and then I'll talk to the adult children about what some of the challenges are. I have obviously been an adult child, mm-hmm. and I am now the parent going mm-hmm. through it on this end. So parents, you have spent years investing, guiding, requiring obedience, Mm -hmm. controlling some aspects of your child's life, and now you're in a new chapter. They don't need your permission to make decisions, and they don't need to make decisions that you would make. Mm. And that's hard. That that is tough. It is. Yeah. It's appropriate to acknowledge that it's hard. Mm I would really encourage you to take some time to grieve the end of a great chapter. Mm-hmm. I loved when someone said that to me and I thought, that's good. It's not that I'm sad that my kids are in college. I'm not sad now that they're out of college and working. I love where they are. Mm-hmm. Are there things I miss? Yeah, definitely. Can I grieve that? Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't mean I'm not happy about where things are. It's good and right that you miss that closeness. But I will tell you this. I promise you that this new season can be just as sweet. And it, that still doesn't mean there's nothing to grieve. I think that's really lovely to know that we have permission to say it was such a 
beautiful time of life and I loved it. Yeah. And I'm sad that it's over while I'm excited for this new part of yes, life. Yes, because you feel like you have to choose. Right. You can and be it's both. both. And it's both. I can take that to the Lord and I know he completely totally. understands it yeah. all. In addition, sometimes an empty nest begins to expose a lack of closeness we have with our spouse that we didn't know was there. Mm. And now there's some additional pain. Which is good to realize. Yes. Super good to realize. So now if that's true, in your case, take that opportunity, that challenge to work at deepening that relationship instead of doing what I see parents do, Mm. clamoring for that closeness with your now adult child. Yeah. Don't go to them, but you can lament that now you're lonely Mm -hmm. and you can begin working on the relationship Mm -hmm. God did give you. I remember when we were over our college ministry at church for several years, and I would meet with the different girls, and several of them struggled with the fact that their moms would call all the time. <laughs> this was l- before you could track them on your phone and know where they were every moment of the day. I'm sure now that I they would have done that. Call. Yeah, I know where you are. But before they could do that, they would be calling all the time. They want to know where they are, mm-hmm. and then they would be hurt if their daughter didn't call them as often as the mom mm-hmm. wanted, and all of those things. And I remember them coming to me irritated with their moms. Mm -hmm. And I talked to them about the fact that, you know what? It's possible that your mom is afraid of losing you now. And she's afraid of you not being part of her life. Or she's sad and she misses you. Like there's so many emotions that the mom is going through. Yes. And the temptation for the college girl is to not call her. Mm -hmm. Well, what that will do is make it easier for the mom to clamor more. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell her, why don't you call when she has not ever called you? Mm -hmm. You do that a few times and maybe she'll know. You still love her. It's not going to be, I'll never speak to her Mm -hmm. again unless I call every five Mm -hmm. minutes. But that's a big thing from the parent's perspective. They need to think through that. Mm -hmm. And they need to think through the fact that it is going to be different and be prepared to not clamor after their child Mm -hmm. to have what they had before. Mm -hmm. If you're not sure if you're clamoring, think about whether or not you're operating out of fear. Mm -hmm. We fear that they're not going to want to be around us if they don't need Mm -hmm. us. So now we want to find a way that they need us. Yeah, make them need us. So Maybe I'll have... pay for everything. Right. So they need me. And mm-hmm. then they have to talk to me. We fear they're going to make bad choices. Or can we at least be honest? Different choices from us. But that is honestly difficult to know that your kid is going to be making choices on their own and reaping the consequences. Yes. And you do want to protect them from some of the hard stuff yep. that could come with hard choices. Yep. And yet, isn't that where we all learn? Yeah. But yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard. We fear what's going to happen when we're not guiding them or controlling things Mm -hmm. for them. And we have to realize if we're living in fear, that's the opposite of living by faith. Mm -hmm. I'm going to link an article from Got Questions on Letting Go that I thought was really helpful in that area. So that'll be in our show notes. That'll be helpful. So parents, take that fear as well to the one who loves your precious children more than you do. I will tell you, my prayer life has increased in importance as the facade of control over my children has fallen away, Mm -hmm. which is a good place to be. Which we've talked about in other episodes too. Like one of the best ways our kids learn is by having to walk through hard stuff themselves. Yes. And when we, you know, harbor them from not having to deal with hard stuff, what we're really doing is protecting them from having to grow. Yes. Which is difficult. We hamstring their growth. Right. It's difficult. We want them to just love Jesus without having gone through the difficult stuff that makes you need to love Jesus and cling tightly to him. And it's good that we don't want them to hurt. Right. It's a lack of faith and living by fear to not trust the one who might allow the hurt. And to trust the one who designed the process to look like this. Yes. He includes suffering in our walk. So what do you think are some indicators that we're moving into operating out of fear? Well, for me personally, and I know everyone is different, I can foresee me fretting. Like, I wouldn't 
like vocalize, I am sinfully worrying right now, but I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm yeah. just like pondering it, hoping that it doesn't turn out a certain way or like checking my shared map often to see yep. where they are. Like, not that I need to be like hovering over them, but I just want to make sure they're like not dead in the middle of a river somewhere or something. <laughs> like maybe asking questions that are none of my business. A big one for me would be bossing them around especially when they're not asking for input. It's different when they're saying, what are your thoughts on this? You know, but just like telling them you should do this. Um, <laughs> like telling them what they should do, kind of like I'm older and wiser and you should listen to me. But yes. really, I just want to boss them around. Yes. Truly. And like trying to control them or making sure that they, for especially for me, making sure they do what I think is wisest, which I also do with my husband too. Like I tend to be like, well, obviously this is the best choice. Why are we not making the best choice when... You know, it's none of my business. <laughs> and you know what? I know this is shocking. We might be wrong. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, that, that is very unlikely. <laughs> Maybe possible. And I like how you said, you know, we might, almost like we're advising them, but if they're wise, they'll listen to yeah, us. Because obviously. we know we don't have authority. I have lived so much longer than you. Basically, you're an idiot if you don't do it. But, <laughs> right. you know, do what you want. You're an adult. Like, what in the world? Okay. There would be some indicators. So nagging them. With Josh, I can remember when he was a freshman in college, Josh and I have always been very close. If you listen to the podcast, you heard him several months ago on our podcast. And we have always been really close. When he was a freshman in college, he stayed living at home and I struggled to make the transition. My son enjoys the journey, whatever he's doing. <laughs> I am focused on the destination. Mm -hmm. So that would be just a, a short way to describe how we're different. So if there's something that needs to be done, I've written it on a list and I've probably already done it. Josh has said, I can do that later. So when I'm watching that and he's now got more responsibilities and he's in college and this is coming up and he's on this committee and he's and doing this. And more consequences if you don't do the right, right thing. Right. Yeah. And I'm just watching, but mm -hmm. no, I'm not just watching. I'm nagging. Mm -hmm. I would not have used those words because I was advising <laughs> and giving counsel on what would be wisest Obviously. that he's not doing. Right. But I did it with enough frequency that my very respectful, kind son looked at me and said, you know, mom, I've always wanted to live here. And I never thought I would be in a hurry to move out. But I am beginning to wonder if what would be best for our relationship to remain good is for me to leave. Mm, that would be hard. That's a knife through the heart. Mm -hmm. And he was not being disrespectful. Mm. He was recognizing if this goes on, it's going to be bad. Mm. And so I said to him, you know what? If what's best for you is to move out at whatever point that is, I will support it. Mm -hmm. And I will make it easy for you and I'll help. But if the reason you're moving out is because I can't learn to shut my mouth, then I am telling you I'm committed to working on that mm. because that's wrong. Yeah. And he very kindly said, and we both know that if I didn't procrastinate, you wouldn't be so tempted. And I'm like, and regardless. <laughs> it's nice that you both could so own it, So we could just kind of talk about it. Since that point, and he didn't move out until he got married, which was really sweet, except for a short stint when he had a free place to live. He left for a while. But otherwise, he saved money until he got married. And it was a really sweet time because we were honest about that. Mm. But, you know, it was my nagging was to the point that he was thinking, mm. I'm going to have to go. Wow. That would be hard. That'd that was a hard, hard thing to work through. That was. Be humble mm -hmm. is what I would say. So there's an evidence. What we tend to do is go, well, I'm just giving you advice. I've been around longer. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many ways to say this to parents. Don't try to rationalize it. Mm -hmm. Just own it. And especially if you were to question, am I being humble? 
I don't know that we could give the kind of advice the way that we do and say, and this is what it looks like to be humble. Right. To not assume that I know what's best in this situation. Right. So that would be one indicator. Wanting to know where they are all the time. Mm. Now, have house rules. If you don't want them to come in at three in the morning right. without telling you. That's uh, reasonable. That's reasonable Just to talk expect. about that. Right. But, so talk about that stuff, but you don't need to know where they are all the time. Calling them frequently. And let's be honest, maybe making them feel a little bad if they don't mm. call you all the time. Wow. I call you all the time. I haven't heard from you in a while. Mm. Unless, you know, you need money. <laughs> Do we say those things? <laughs> Do we give unsolicited advice, a big one for me? Mm. Are we trying to ensure that they don't have to face hard consequences? I still remember, I've told you what I love about my son, and honestly, he does enjoy the journey, and I miss the journey half mm -hmm. the time. So I need him in my life. But he's not in a hurry. Here's what I know. It's the easy form. It's not that hard to do your taxes. <laughs> and I'm telling Brent, I did remind him a couple times because I thought, you know, it's his first time doing them on his mm -hmm. own. Because normally we did them together, so he learned. So I said to Brent, he still hasn't done them. And he's like, you have talked to him. You are not going to say You've reminded him, yeah. It is April 14th. <laughs> Literally, April 14th. And I said to Brent, if he doesn't have those in by midnight, he's going to pay a penalty. And there's like no reason to pay a penalty. And he looked at me and said, and you're not going to say anything. <laughs> it's good that God gave you Brent. I know. And I was like, okay. And you know what? They were done. <laughs> Josh was fine. He was not stressed. He got it done. It didn't do it the way I would do it, but he Which did it. Which doesn't make it wrong. I there know. is a deadline for a reason. And he did it by the deadline, yeah. you know? So I'm like, it's not how I would do it because I would stress out by waiting till the last right. minute. I stressed out because he waited till the last minute. I but stress out didn't. if it's done after January 31st. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't have to be like me. So trying to ensure that they don't have to face consequences right. can be different. So how And you know what? Something to think about is how did we learn to have the schedules that we do? I learned to have the schedules that I do with paying bills by not doing it well when we first got married and getting penalties. Yes. And those penalties are what made me vow to never do it that way again. <laughs> so it's not like I've always been this wonderfully on top of things. Organized person. Yeah. Right. And, you know, to his credit, he's always gotten them done on time. And what I've learned is I don't even ask if he's done them. Because now it's not your responsibility at all. No. And that is very freeing. Yeah. And he's doing really well with his responsibilities. He just does them differently than I do. And especially now that and he's married, fine. as he and his wife, you know, weave a new life together, the way that you think about it really is not part of the question. Exactly. It's almost irrelevant. Yeah, it's completely Shockingly. irrelevant. So Shockingly. many things become irrelevant. <laughs> so how do we begin to operate differently? How do I need to think differently? First, I have to remember they're God's children, that he gave us the privilege to raise for him, not mm. for us. Oh, that's a good point. So I'm raising them for God. I'm not raising them for me. So they don't need to turn out like me. Yeah. We need to talk openly about how we're all working toward this new relationship, mm -hmm. which is what we did. And I'm so thankful for the patience that Josh and Karis, both of my adult children, have given me as I've gotten used to my new role. And honestly, it took all the tension out mm. when we were honest about it. When I am like giving unsolicited counsel. Before we kind of, if we're not really talking about it, you see mm -hmm. like they're battling it. Like Bristle they want to be respectful, yeah. but it's like, I didn't even really ask mm -hmm. and it's okay. But when, now that actually what happens at the dinner table, if something comes up and I begin to share, Brent usually says, they didn't ask your opinion. <laughs> and then I go, oh my word, I was giving it again. And everybody laughs. And then Attention I say, is gone. yes. And then I say, actually, I would just like to hear whatever you have to say. And then when they're done, usually they say, mom, <laughs> do you have any thoughts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank you for asking. asking. 
funny. And now we're all just laughing and there's no tension. But how different it would be if I yeah. said, what? I didn't do anything wrong. I, I'm, just, was, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just talking. I'm loving you. Yes. And one like, of the things, oh. one of the ways that we have done this is by talking about who pays for what, which is such a small thing in the big scheme of thing. But like, okay, if I want this special shampoo, is this a me purchase or a mom and dad purchase? And it's been helpful just to say, we're going to talk about it and we're going to come to a conclusion. And I still have kids that are under my authority to yep. some extent because I'm paying for stuff for them. Yep. But it is helpful to be able to have those conversations and say, we've already decided that we're not going to get upset about it. We just need to communicate about what the plan is. Yep. And I think it's important to realize I've never had adult children mm -hmm. and they've never been adult children. Yeah. It's okay that we're not that great at yeah. it. We'll figure it out together if we're humble and for our family, that also just means being able to laugh about it. Mm -hmm. And it just takes the tension out of it. Which is such a great lesson for all of life. Remember when you and Brent first got married? Like you had also never been married before. Right. You had so many decisions to make. And you'd never done this before. When you had first had kids, you'd never had kids before. So it's just helpful to say like, we're at this place of transition that we've never been at before. And we've never done it before. And so we're figuring it out as we go. And it's totally okay. Right. We're going to communicate through it. And if we're humble, it'll be... Awesome. Yeah. But difficult. If they're still at home, I would encourage you really, really clarify expectations and timelines. When our daughter graduated from college recently, she moved back home for several months to save up and think through what she was going to do next as far as an apartment. We were really excited to have her back, but we also knew it needed to be different. Yeah. And we wanted to set it up for success. Yeah. Brent and I even talked about before she came back, okay, wouldn't it be so sad if she came back and it was just tension because mm -hmm. she's thinking she you know, we're asking too much and way. whatever. Yeah. So we wrote out, which we had never done. Mm -hmm. Well, we'd never had an opportunity. We'd never done this before. Mm -hmm. We wrote out our expectations and a timeline for how long we planned on her staying. Mm -hmm. And that way, if she saw it differently, we could talk about that up front before she even moved in. Mm -hmm. If she's like, I don't know that that's right. Let's talk about it. Otherwise, we're not having different expectations. We did that same thing with our oldest daughter, too. Like, we just drew up a housing agreement that says, here's what we're imagining this will look like. Here's what we're imagining we'll provide from our side. Here's what we're imagining you will provide from your side. Here are the basic standards of living in our home. And our goal is that our children can benefit from free housing as long as possible. Yeah. But we also don't want them to have to operate like they're little kids anymore. Right. But it was in writing, and we refer to it from time to time just because... I need to remember what I said I would do. And they right. need to remember what they said they would do. It's just and, really and helpful. It's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to just assume we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like there is a degree of that with communicating, but whatever we can do up front, you know, what if we expected her to contribute financially right. and she didn't know that? Mm -hmm. What if we expected her to help in certain ways around the house? And she's thinking, I rented a room. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do that. Do we have any spiritual expectations while she's in the home? Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful. And I think that may have been part of why the return home I didn't think was tense. And we really enjoyed her time. And I it think was fun. like so many other kind of transition times in life, if you have unrealistic expectations, especially unspoken unrealistic expectations, you just you're building trouble for yourself because how would that person know that you expected that thing right. unless you communicated through it? And also they agreed to it. And I think sometimes you don't even know you have them. Mm hmm. So writing them out, you kind of learn, oh, yeah, I guess I did kind of mm -hmm. assume you'd do that. Yeah. So it was very helpful. Yeah. If they're married, parents, make sure you honor, leave, and cleave. Yeah. Encourage the fact that they're talking to each other and not you about their decisions. And I also think I ran into a little trouble with this early in our marriage. Like I would go to my parents for advice instead of Brian, or Brian would go to his parents for advice yes. instead of me. 
And what would have been helpful if our parents said, have you asked Brian his thoughts? Yes. Or if Brian's parents said, have you asked Jocelyn your thoughts? To build that expectation, like when you got married, the time of talking to us first is now over. And right. you're one with someone else. Your life should be different than ours. And we expect it to be different. Like we're not going to be all yep. weirded out if you're building a life that looks different than ours. And what I love about that is you could, as a parent, say, well, they asked. So I answered. Right. But if you really want to love your child, you will help them learn a right. new habit. So if they're wise, I would say to the adult child, don't ask your parents first. Talk to your mm -hmm. spouse. But they're just learning, too. So one way you as a parent get to help them is to say, yeah. have you talked to your spouse? Because you're building, they they're setting the stage for a marriage that's going to get stronger and stronger yep. and more and more unified. You know, I had a good friend of mine when my son was getting married and my daughter's not married yet, but she is an adult on her own. So actually the rule applies here too. But she said, have you heard about the duct tape rule? <laughs> and I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, oh no, when they get married, duct tape goes over your mouth. <laughs> and from then on, it only comes off if they ask or the subject matter or the topic is so important, you're willing to rip duct tape off your face wow. to say it. <laughs> And that's, that's so good. That's very picturesque. Yes, because you think, okay, if I watch them heading toward destruction, I'm ripping the duct tape mm -hmm. off and I'm saying right. something. I'd because say it to any care. friend. Right. You I would, would say that to let, anyone. You would never let someone yeah. walk off a so cliff. So you don't just go, so I'm not going to say anything. Mm -hmm. But you think, is this important enough to rip duct tape off my mm. mouth? <laughs> so we started joking about that, even with his in-laws, who are also friends of ours. Things will happen. We're like, duct tape. <laughs> not ours. <laughs> duct tape. So that was helpful. So wait until you're asked, hmm. married or not. If you want to make it easy for them to talk to you, grow in listening and not giving your opinion unless hmm. you're asked. And I can only say again, my kids have been gracious. I'm a slow learner on this one, but I'm trying. And on this topic, I'll say some families might tend to the other side where the children ask you too much. And we're going to talk about that when and, I get to the parents' and kids' that, end. And I think that the other side of that is just as true. Like the parents can say, this is something that you're capable of thinking through. What do you think you should do about yes. this? Yes, I agree. If you are thinking that there's something that would be really helpful for you to share because you do love them, mm -hmm. ask their permission. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you have a right to share. So to say, I'm your mom. Mm -hmm. You better so listen. So you better listen to me. Mm -hmm. Now it's, hey, would you mind if I shared with you some ideas from when I went through that? Mm -hmm. Ask. Mm -hmm. And then respectfully share your ideas because you think it would be helpful. So have you ever asked permission and they said no? I have not. But I will tell you, I do the very same thing. And when people say things to me, especially just in general, say things that I know are not true, not mm -hmm. even my own kids. Mm -hmm. I learned. I don't correct people. I say, would you want me to share with you my perspective? And mm. if I ask their permission, I've never had anyone say no, mm. but they're always more willing to hear it. Mm. That's great advice. Because I was respectful. Mm -hmm. I didn't just act like, um, excuse me, and if I have something to say right now. if you're all bossy and, you know, punchy, they're going to get automatically defensive anyways. Absolutely. So. And I think it changes how I share it if mm -hmm. I've asked. Yeah, true. Even for me. Yeah. I'm not as bossy in how I share it mm -hmm. if I ask permission. Yeah. And then if they do ask your advice... Be cautious about leading with your opinion. And that's really hard for us as parents. Yes, they're asking, let me share, download all my thoughts and <laughs> wisdom on this because I want you to know because I love you. But what you really want to do is help them think about how they can think through options. Right. You want to help them grow, not, right. 
not to teach speed them the to be dependent. Of answers, yeah. And that's the temptation. They're now in a place to start applying all the years you spent pouring into them. And like you just said, Jocelyn, they may be tempted to look to you mm-hmm. when they could do it themselves. That is something that we say in our house is, what do you think you should do about this? Because I really, I want to watch them logically think through that decision. Yeah. And if there's a problem with their logic, I'd rather address how they came to that conclusion than just make sure they're always getting the right conclusion. Right. Because some of the things they have to think through are pretty hard. Right. And I do, I really, you know... Some of the situations our kids are facing are very theologically challenging, and I want to help them think through how they got to that decision. Right. It's a lot more time, and Mm -hmm. it's not only time, but there is a willingness to not share your opinion, Mm -hmm. and that's really hard. You know, I remember being at a parenting conference, I don't even know, a while ago, and while my husband's up teaching and I'm sitting there waiting, I get a text from my son saying, you available to talk? I texted back. Yes, I was texting while my husband was teaching. (laughs) That's okay. That's what was happening. (laughs) And I texted back and said, at a parenting conference, we'll be in the car later tonight if you want to talk. Next text. Do you get any breaks? (laughs) I thought, what in the world? I'm like, give me a few minutes. So there was a break. So I texted and I'm like, I have like 10 minutes. Is there something? We'll call. Oh, wow. It is urgent. He and his wife called. And I was so grateful. They were thinking through a decision that was kind of time-bound. Mm. So it wasn't like someone's urgent, about to urgent, die. yeah. But it was a time-bound decision. Mm-hmm. And they said, here's what we're trying to think through. We're not sure what to do. So we decided we would call and ask you. Mm. Well, I have to tell you, as is always, probably, always is not a word you're supposed to use, but I think I can even use it here. I have an opinion. <laughs> Shocking. And I know. And I know (laughs) what I would do. And I thought, maybe, was clearly the grace of God. Maybe it's also because I was at a parenting conference where we're teaching parenting. You had been thinking about it. I, I did not say what I thought. But what I said is, well, in situations like that, here are some ways to think through that. And knowing, and because they have graciously been very open about their own idolatries, we all know each other's where we struggle. Knowing your own idolatries, the first thing I would say is, how is your idolatry making this decision harder? Mm. So think through that, talk about that, you get that out of the way, then here are the ways I look at that. It's not just what's, you know, it's what's wisest, where you, what, so anyway, all the questions. And there was like, okay, okay. And then I prayed for them and I got off the phone without knowing what they were going to do. Isn't it interesting that that's basically how you would have counseled any person who came to receive counseling from you that wasn't a family member? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you're counseling. You're not building a bunch of Janet disciples. You're building a bunch of Jesus disciples. Yes. And so you're essentially doing with them what you would have done with anyone. And it didn't matter if they did it your way. Right. Because you were helping them to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, not you. And it can feel different because it's my child. But Mm -hmm. the reality is it is the same. It's just because I know them better, I had the privilege of them calling me. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool because then right after that, we did a Q&A time and they were asking questions about adult children. And I was like, well, here's something that just happened. Yeah. And, and Brent, <laughs> Brent is very sweet. And he said, Janet talked to them all growing up. And because she did that so much, they still talk to her. Mm-hmm. And I said, I was actually talking on a break. <laughs> and it was very sweet. But my temptation is to tell them what I think they should do. Mm-hmm. And as parents, even when they ask you what they should do, I would say, after you've said, what does your spouse think? Of course, they were on the phone together. Mm-hmm. Then it would be, let's think through these principles. Think through the process, yeah. Uh, In essence, you're making them stronger decision makers because they're making the decisions themselves. Right. You're not just spoon feeding what they should do. Right. 
And I would say, as I mentioned earlier, concentrate on being a cheerleader. I have actually said as a counselor in the past, why do I always have to be the one that tells everybody the hard things, all the things they don't want to hear? Janet, who one of my idolatries is people pleasing. (laughs) And I get to always tell people, oh, by the way, you need to repent, dude. (laughs) Like, why do I have to be that person? And I've even said to Brent, why can't I be the cheerleader? And then I found out it's really hard to be the cheerleader. That's harder than I thought. But I need to look for ways to do that. Mm -hmm. I need to make it easy for them to make their own different choices, like traditions. I don't need to say, oh, you're not going to do that the way we always did. Mm -hmm. I don't need to say that. I need to say, that's cool. Especially when when a certain tradition was really precious to you. You know, like if you've always done your Christmas a certain way, like, oh, why would you not want your grown kids to do the same thing? Because it would be so cool. Right. But they're going to have different cool stuff. Right. And different cherished memories. Yep. Ask God for grace not to pressure them. You know, little things. Maybe you don't drink at all, and now they have a glass of wine occasionally. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do about that? Unless it's a sin, is it a reason to take the duct tape off? How important is Mm -hmm. that? Instead, major on the majors. And I will tell you, as a parent, it all feels like it's major at first. Yeah. Because where where this could go, this Mm -hmm. could be the slippery (laughs) slope to whatever. You know, it's scary to see them make different choices. So I would say, as you're learning this new role, when in doubt, don't say anything. Unless there's a train coming at them, nothing has to be said immediately. Mm -hmm. You can pray, talk to somebody who sees things a little more clearly, and then decide if it's a subject that you need to approach. So what if it was a sin issue? Like you see them about to make a sinful choice. How does that differ on that? Is a sin choice a major thing that you would address quickly? Well, I think it would depend on, take the fact that they're your child out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I would address that with anyone. Right. Because if I see someone about to cheat on a spouse, I'm not going to wait on that one. That's right. That's not weight worthy. That's like. The damage will be done. I see you. And I could maybe prevent something. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Enjoy becoming respected friends and focus on building that kind of relationship. Listen to these verses and just think about how you and your adult children can develop this. John 13, 34, and 35, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. 1 Peter 3, 8, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Philippians 2, 1 to 4, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Hmm. That's the beautiful relationship we're told about in the body of Christ, and that's what I'm trying to develop with my adult child, not his dependence on me. As me and my kids have transitioned to new levels of adulthood, that's kind of one of the things that I've held out in front of me is like, you're my sister in Christ. I only have girls. So you're my sister in Christ. And as we serve together in the church, we're serving as sisters in so many ways. And so, so many of the problems that we're addressing or the way that we're communicating about things is with that in mind. Yeah. This is not a parent-child issue. This is a sister-to-sister issue. And I care about you enjoying your life in our local church. Right, right. Friends of Joyful Journey, we have an exciting opportunity happening during the month of November. Our annual subscriber gift is back. 
Did you know you have the option to become a monthly giver to the Joyful Journey podcast through our website? Happening now through the end of November, any of our subscribers, current or new, who give a recurring gift of at least $10 per month or a one-time gift of $100 will be contacted to receive an exclusive Joyful Journey t-shirt. Each year we have a different t-shirt and these will not be available to purchase later. It's a new color and will include the year. Shipping is still limited to the continental United States only. Sorry, overseas friends. All you have to do is head to our website, joyfuljourneypod.com, tap Donate to Joyful Journey. Fill out the form and watch for a thank you email from us with a link to submit your address and t-shirt size. If you're already a subscriber, you'll be receiving one of these emails too. Shirts will ship at the end of November. Your generosity also funds scholarships for women pursuing a Master's of Arts in Biblical Counseling through Faith Bible Seminary. We've got women taking classes now that you have helped to fund. Thank you for following, for listening, and for going on this journey with us. So now let's transition. What if you're the adult child? I would say the first thing to remember, it's a privilege to honor Mm. your parents. Yeah. That is a good thing. Scriptures are clear that you're to honor your father and mother. But what isn't always clear is what does that mean? Yeah. Um, So I did some reading on what it means to honor your parents. And here's a definition I found. Honoring your father and mother is being respectful in word and action and having an inward attitude of esteem for their position. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Greek word there for honor means to revere, to prize, to value. Proverbs 23, 22 expresses this concept and says it this way. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she's old. So you're supposed to listen. Don't despise or think little of your parents. Matthew 15, 5 to 8 expresses this same idea when Jesus rebukes men for finding ways mm-hmm. to avoid caring for their parents. Yeah. And I mentioned that one earlier. Right. But the thing with honoring is God defines it, yeah. not the parents or the adult child. So it is possible that a parent can say, you're not honoring me. Mm-hmm. Because you're not obeying them and you're not being controlled by them. That doesn't make it true. Mm -hmm. And I know adult children who struggle with that. I'm trying, but my parents think it's only honoring to them if I move to their state. Right. Well, them thinking it doesn't make it true. But it is possible that you're not being honoring. And it's also really helpful to know that you're honoring and esteeming your parents because of the position that God gave them in your life. Because some of our listeners will really have difficult relationships yes. with their parents, yes. where their parents have done things that are very difficult for them to deal with. You're honoring the position that God put them in, not yeah. necessarily every action that they've taken, because all of us have to deal with difficult situations in our relationships with our families. Sometimes. That's right. That's right. And we're always about righteousness, so mm-hmm. we would never honor unrighteousness. Right. We can honor our parents, but if they're mm-hmm. unrighteous, part of honoring them will be talking Is about dealing that. dealing with that, right. Yeah. I read several verses earlier about caring for our parents. It is interesting that the passages tell us to care for our aging parents, but it doesn't tell us exactly how. Mm -hmm. So again, that means it's possible that an adult child can be caring for his parents and the parents don't agree. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I would say to the adult child, ask for great humility as you think that through. Mm -hmm. Is there a degree of truth to that? Get your pastor involved, get a respected leader's counsel, get Mm -hmm. some help when it's difficult in that way. Yeah. In Mac's book on in-laws, he does a great job of outlining what he says adult children must put off, Mm -hmm. which I really appreciated. Here's just a couple of the topics, and we'll obviously link the booklet in the show notes. 
they have to put off an inordinate dependency on their parents. Mm. Sometimes adult children are frustrated by their parents' control, but they're feeding it because they're overly dependent on them. And then they're frustrated by what they're feeding. And it's probably not that that just started cropping up in that relationship. Probably was, you know, there even when they were children and it never got taken care of in a biblical way. Right. And they may have an inordinate reliance on their parents' approval. Mm -hmm. And what I have seen with some of us, and it's not just adult child to parent, when you really have an inordinate reliance on anybody else's approval, Mm -hmm. the temptation is to believe it's the other person's Mm -hmm. fault. Oh, totally. It's not the responsibility of the parents if you have an inordinate desire for their approval. Mm -hmm. That's on you, adult child. Mm -hmm. Parents can make that easier or harder. Right. But ultimately, the adult child's going to need to look for God's approval and not clamor after their parents' approval. And all of those things are hard. So instead, the adult child can seek to develop a peer or friendship relationship too, one where that mutual respect can lead to mutual counsel Mm -hmm. for each other as adults. Life complicates all of this. So we want to talk about how it ought to be. But ideally, what should happen in our parenting is that this process starts occurring gradually. And naturally, as your child grows, it should be that the amount of control you have over a two-year-old is not the same as over a 12-year-old is not the same as over an 18-year-old. But that's not always what happens. And then sometimes there's just other complications like maybe you're still financially responsible for your adult children. What then? Yeah. How do you Because if you're, if the parent is still financially paying for any part of an adult child's life, there is a measure of authority over them to that degree anyways. So, and so it's what is that degree? Right. There's a complexity for like? sure. Right. What if your adult children are still living in your home? Mm-hmm. What if they're paying rent? Right. Does that mean there's no other expectations because right. they're a boarder? Mm-hmm. Or what if they're not paying rent? What if they're on your insurance? Because right. we all know these days, however it you can go- get insurance is the best way to get it. And you can be on it until you're 26. Yes. Like most people are married with kids possibly by the age of Absolutely. 26. So, It's complicated, but I really do Mm -hmm. think if we're thinking biblically about all of the things we've already said, we will learn how to handle each of these things biblically. Each situation is going to be unique. But again, I would say put your expectations in writing. Do not assume you're viewing it the same way. Communicate if you expect them to ask permission before bringing someone home with them. Mm -hmm. And they might say, well, I'm paying rent. It's my place too. Can I bring, I should be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. Communicate the financial arrangements early. And clearly, communicate if you expect them to let you know if they're going to be out late. Are they going to be eating meals with you? Mm -hmm. Should you plan for them? Do you have requirements about spiritual issues? Are they expected to go to church? Mm -hmm. Are they expected to be in a small group? Written expectations seem unnecessary. These are your own children. Mm -hmm. But they're very loving to everybody involved. And, you know, some of the other things that complicate the situation are if one of the two parties is not a believer. Yep. Then the situation gets even more complex. Like if your adult child is not a believer, but you are. What are the expectations yep. in that situation? So, so yeah. putting them in writing is even more important. Yeah. Yeah. And with, let's just acknowledge this transition is usually harder for the parents than for the adult child. Because as the adult child is getting older and older, they're super excited about independence. What's next? Yeah. Yes. And the next exciting thing that's coming yep. up. Yep. Sometimes it's because it's going to surface problems in the parent's life mm-hmm. that were distracted by parenting, yep. things in their marriage that weren't obvious to them before. For instance, maybe the home was structured more around the child than the marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, this transition puts a spotlight on that. Yeah. I've heard things like, the time when my kids were home were the best years. This was said to me years after those kids left home. Mm -hmm. 
and they were saying to me, actually did say to me, enjoys these years. These will be the best years of your life, and then they'll be over. And then it will be none. Yeah, nothing, that's nothing where they done. were. Yeah. If parents, and I'm going to say, especially frequently moms, yeah. are experiencing this, God has answers, but it isn't to live in the past. Right. Get some help to reprioritize that permanent relationship with your spouse. And, mm-hmm. and if that's a painful relationship, mm-hmm. know that it's an opportunity to reorient around the Lord as well. One and, of the things that my husband and I have done is to see that coming on the horizon and not want to be jolted when it gets there. Yeah. And so trying to notice deficiencies in our relationship now and working on them so that when our kids are gone and it's just the two of us, we're not like, what do we talk about now? And so we have this like little retirement plan where we're not going to wait until we've retired to enjoy each other. We're going to do things now every single month where we can reconnect with just the two of us because we want our relationship to be strong. And it's not like we're dreading anything. We're looking forward to all of the things and planning well for all of those things. Yeah. Excellent. Or related to that, parents, particularly moms, who now feel like I don't have a purpose anymore. Mm -hmm. She rightly prioritized raising and discipling her kids. And somewhere along the way, it moved from being a way that she lived out her design for that Mm -hmm. season, and it became the purpose of her life. And she doesn't always recognize that happened until it's gone. Mm -hmm. Praise God that his purpose for her life is much bigger than being a mom, even though that was a very sweet season. Mm -hmm. So if that's you and you're struggling, find an older woman who is vibrantly living out her purpose. Have her help you to think through this. When I was young, I watched a movie about an astronaut whose only goal in life was to make it to the moon. And when he finally made it to the moon, he was very young when that happened. He went into a huge depression because he had nothing left yes. to live for. And it reminds me of that situation. Like, not that we should be creating purposes for ourselves. God gave we us have one. a really cool purpose. But when you only have one thing in mind and it finally is accomplished, when it's done, you're like, you don't know what to do with yourself anymore. Yep. And so I just want to also encourage our listeners to go back and listen to our creation mandate episode and our discussions about purpose because it will help. And you can be creative as you apply that concept to different seasons yes. of your life. Yes. It's a disorienting time because a large chunk of my time is now freer. Mm-hmm. And if I don't begin investing in eternal purposes, going back to our creation mandate, I'm going to be tempted to try to find ways to continue to parent and hold on to that adult child. I actually had somebody tell me at some point that then after their children left the home, they just looked around their church for other younger people. They could, then they were going to parent them. Not always in the best way. Yeah. It's like, I ha- this is all I am as a parent. Right. So I, let me find someone to it's parent. one identity. So this is what I I'm going to do. I can see why that would lead to someone clamoring for their children's attention. Like, all I know of myself is that I'm a parent. Yes. It's the only thing that I'm good at. Yep. Yep. So at a minimum, for the child, they're starting something new. So for the parent, they're losing something. Yeah. Which, in reality, they can be gaining something too. But they're aware of mm-hmm. the loss. For the child, it's a new phase of life. It might be scary, but they're excited about it. The parent has invested years of their time, thought, and heart into that child, Mm -hmm. and now it's the end of that. So if you're an adult child, be patient and gracious with your parents as they work through that. It doesn't mean that you want to let them control you. No, that would be wrong. That wouldn't be loving to them. Mm -hmm. But be patient and kind in your response as you may have to remind them Mm -hmm. that they don't need to control you. Look for ways to appropriately involve them where you can. Not be manipulated by them, but involve them where you can that could maybe ease their fears of losing touch with you. Parent, be honest with the Lord about the pain of that season and then embrace it. I think that's really important. 
Like, it's okay for us to lament to the Lord that we're losing something that was really precious to us. God says that he organizes the suffering of our life to help us know him better. That includes even crying out in grief and sadness that this beautiful part of our life is done. It was a precious part of life. Yep. Yep. Be honest with your child about where you're struggling and where you need to change. Just doing that, just owning that you're not handling it perfectly, that humility will go a long way to easing tension and helping that relationship. Mm -hmm. I know, and I've told you that that is absolutely true for me. But as we talk about it, and I'm overly helpful, (laughs) they can just smile and laugh. Yeah. And that helps a whole lot. And what I am finding, this new relationship, it does take a lot of work. For me, it takes a lot of changing my habits. It takes a lot of changing my thought patterns, but it's also really, really sweet. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to us becoming more and more like peers. Yeah. Because it's like what you were saying about your daughter earlier. They're actually pretty great people. Cool. I love enjoying them. I feel like you guys are so fun. You're so cool. I would never get to be your friend if I wasn't related to you. And I get to be your friend because I'm your mom and you're so cool. (laughs) And think about it. They know me better than most anybody else. Yeah. And now they get to speak into my life as well. Yeah. What a beautiful new season. I know. I've shared with you some of the most encouraging conversations I've had have been with my little child. Like she speaks truth into my life because she knows me very well. Yep. So how do we apply that? Parents of younger children, as we said in our parenting series, begin with the end in mind. Remember that your goal is to take these children on loan from God, who is their ultimate parent, and train them to love God and others as adults. Look for ways to help them as they grow older to become more and more dependent on God and not you. So prepare them and you for this transition. Yeah. I have a friend who said that when their kids grew up to a certain degree of adulthood, they had like a little official ceremony where they're like, we now consider you an adult. So the transition was like pointed. So we're not going to have this weird, like we wonder who, like how we should relate to you. It was obvious. We are now going to relate to you as an adult. And I thought that was a great idea. And doing it as a ceremony, it wasn't a funeral. No, it you was know? a joyful It was a thing. ceremony. Yeah. It, was, it was rejoicing party. in that. Yeah, I love that. Parents of older children, talk to the Lord about what's hard for you in this mm-hmm. season. Do you need some help with your marriage? Get it. Yeah. Where are you investing this new flexibility into knowing Jesus and living for him? Seek out someone to help you go through this. For me, it meant that my natural boundaries were gone. Mm-hmm. I knew when my kids were home that they were my first ministry along with my husband. Mm -hmm. So when that was removed, it was harder to make focused decisions. And I got spread way too thin. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the process of reorienting my life right now. And God's patient while he helps me to change. So for those moms who are wondering what to do with that extra time, the needs are great. If you don't know what to do, you should talk to one of the two of us because we have so many ideas (laughs) for ministry and not enough time to do them. Now it's just prayerfully consider where you can jump in. And what's the best fit for you? Yes. Talk to somebody in leadership. Ask where they see that you could help. Where do they need you? Because you might be thinking, well, I don't know who needs you. I Mm -hmm. get that. Talk to someone and find out. When I was approaching the empty nest, I'll never forget this. I was speaking in another state and and an older woman picked me up. Like I even thought she was older (laughs) and really sweet woman. And she was asking me and I'm like, yeah, my kids are almost college or they were in college. I don't remember. So I'm like approaching the empty nest and waiting for or what everybody for says. whatever cynical thing. Yeah. And she goes, it's luxurious. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I have never heard that before. And she said, I know, but you need to hear that. Yeah. Can I tell you it's luxurious? She said, you have so much more flexibility to serve the way you want, serve where God wants you 
without the limitations you had before. Yeah. She told me, some mornings I get up and I spend two hours in the world. I remember you told me that one time a couple years ago, and it really changed my perspective on emptiness because I was a little nervous. Like, yeah. Postpartum was hard for me. So I'm thinking, is emptiness going to be the same kind of hard? But you were like, it's great. If I felt like reading the Bible for hours, I do. Yeah. I can do so much more things, so much more freely than I've ever done before. And it made me anticipate it. I love that because that's how we should. And now, uh, some days, yeah, things are really busy and I can't do that. But to realize it's not, I don't have to work around everybody else. It's not else. limited because of my family requirements. Right. Now yeah. I get to decide, boy, that would really be a blessing. I mean, today I was at a meeting and then after the meeting, somebody came up and said, hey, can we talk? I ended up staying for two extra hours for other meetings. Oh, wow. I don't have any kids at home waiting. Yep. I can Because my first thought was, I got to get back home. And then I thought, no, I don't. Do I really? Yeah. I don't have anything for a couple more hours. Sure, I can stay. That's cool. And it's like, this is new. All the things that weren't feasible during my parenting years, yeah. I can do now. So yeah, it's luxurious. It's a little scary. I have more options. Mm -hmm. I have more choices. And it's very easy to use that freedom to get more self-focused. But it doesn't have to be that way. And also the luxury of being in a marriage is that you can talk to your husband about stuff and make sure you're not spreading yourself too thin or yes. getting invested in too many opportunities instead of, you know, fine tuning what you're good at and where you really could serve in an area of big need. Yeah. You know, my husband Brent and I get to travel more together to do conferences at other churches. So we're serving more together than we ever have. We do marriage counseling together. We serve in ways that we're not reasonable when somebody has to watch the kids. We have a date night, <laughs> which is funny. We did not have a date night till our second child went to college. Oh, my goodness. Then we had Friday nights free because they had Friday night college oh, ministry. Oh, true. And we were like, we can have a date night. <laughs> we do that. And we love being able to give counsel and support to our kids. Mm. We do it all imperfectly, but I will tell you, it is a great new season. What a great conversation. I'm so glad we're thinking about this. And I'm excited that our listeners can be thinking about this as well. Because you know what? Family relationships are tough sometimes. Yeah. And transitions are challenging. And so I think it's good that we're just kind of putting it out there so people can think about it. And also, hopefully, maybe some good conversations will come out of this with the people that our listeners love. Yep. As a result, their relationships with their family will be a blessing as they move into new, exciting transitional years. Absolutely. I've got the resources listed in your show notes, the things that we talked about. I hope this was encouraging to you. Thank you for listening in as we go on the journey together. To keep from missing any future episodes, please sign up for our newsletter on our webpage, joyfuljourneypod.com. From there, you can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Google, or Spotify. You can also visit us on our Facebook page or Instagram at joyfuljourneypodcast. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can also email us at joyfuljourneyquestions at outlook.com. Joyful Journey Podcast is a ministry of Faith Bible Seminary. All proceeds go to offset costs of this podcast and toward scholarships for women to receive their MABC through Faith Bible Seminary.